This podcast is brought to you by Knowledge at Wharton. For more information, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu. Welcome. I'm Dave Reepstein. I'm a professor of the marketing department, and I am running the Wharton Nation Branding Conference that's going to be held on October 28th, where we have a star lineup of speakers that are going to be joining us on that day. And one of our prime speakers, and really a keynote for uh, for the conference, is Professor Phil Kotler, who is with us today in this podcast. And I suspect that... Uh, Everybody that would be listening to this is very familiar with uh, Phil Kotler. He is, uh, I think, without doubt, the biggest influence in marketing um, of of our era. He has published more textbooks and sold more uh, textbooks than anyone else in the field. And if you are a student of marketing, if you are a practitioner of marketing, you are very familiar with the work of, uh, of Professor Kotler. If there was such a thing as a Nobel Prize in marketing, uh, Dr. Kotler would be right at that top of the list and would be awarded uh, the Nobel Prize. Um, Phil, glad to have you with us, and I'm real curious to ask you a bunch of questions that are related to the topic of uh, nation branding that we will be covering in this conference. So welcome. Oh, I'm happy to be here, Dave, and um, you know I've had a long-term interest in the marketing of nations. I do indeed. I know, as I have noted, you have authored dozens and dozens of books, but one of them is titled The Marketing of Nations. And I'm curious, as you mentioned, you did develop an interest in that. What was your motivation for writing that book? Well, you know, we always thought of marketing as a field dealing with the marketing of products and services. And at the Kellogg School, uh, we started a movement called the broadening of the concept of marketing, and we said that marketing theory and practice can also be applied uh, in many other areas uh, to cities, the marketing of cities, social causes, uh, personalities and celebrities, uh, and uh, even nations. So um, there was even an article in Harvard Business Review with the title, Marketing is Everything. So I guess we got carried off with that idea. So I had published Marketing Places as a book, um, uh, and it uh, emphasized not nations but cities, cities and possibly regions. Uh, I was conscious that, however, nations compete very much, uh, and every nation has an image. Uh, Every nation is a brand, and the brand image affects how well its companies can compete. For example, if you're going to buy a TV set, if, the, if it's made in Japan or South Korea, you're going to buy it. If it's made in Nigeria, you will have to be more careful about the quality. So there is a, an image that the nation projects about certain projects, uh, products, and, and the quality that they would be, and, uh, and so on. So when I wrote the book, um, the book was called The Making, Marketing of Nations, and it was basically... Uh, an economic development book, because I did emphasize that uh, it's important for a nation not only to assess its attributes, positive and negative, and then just do what it can with those, but it has to develop and evolve into a better and a better place. And um, I uh, spent a lot of time in the book 
showing how the nation should choose carefully the image, the industries that it wants to be known about and, and do a great job with its lead industries. Uh, and, and it also should work with its people uh, to participate in the idea of what is the concept of our nation, uh, what is its character and culture, and uh, be able to project that. So you refer to the the marketing of nations. I I have often used uh, the expression of a nation's brand. Um, are are those one and the same, or how do you see those as distinct? I see them as distinct. Uh, I see marketing as a larger concept than branding. Uh, you're going to do marketing uh, as a startup company even before you have any brand. And you'll continue to do many other things besides branding after you start up your company. Because branding uh, is a set of tools of marketing. It's one of the tools of marketing. Marketing makes other decisions on uh, not only uh, prices and sales locations and product features and how many products should we have and which ones should be branded. And branding is a skill set. Uh, for uh, marketers use to uh, to to strengthen the uh, the preference for their particular offering in the market. So I so I do agree with you. I think marketing and branding are are different, although they're highly related in the sense that as we do any of the marketing of a nation or of a product, it helps develop what that brand is. Um, I, I am curious, in your opinion, which countries do you think are doing the best job? Of, uh, of marketing themselves? Well, um, your, your own recent work uh, is going to open up our eyes to the countries that are considered best countries. And obviously that's an answer to the question of which countries are doing the best job. I, well, I wasn't I just you, trying to plug my book. I, I was no. really wondering if you thought there were some <laughs> nations that were doing a great job of it. All right. Uh, okay. Because it, it will overlap with Ten nations that uh, were identified in your work as best nations, but I will start with this point: that um, there are some nations that uh, spend a lot of time on tourism. They need to do that, and I'm thinking of Bahamas and Brazil and Bali, and and they all uh, are after saying that their place is very attractive. And the beaches are better in the Bahamas than somewhere else, so. Uh, that's the starting point for uh, trying to market uh, something about a country, uh, some reason to come to that country. And the tourism part leads the country to clean up its act uh, so that it leaves a good impression. It knows every visitor uh, ought to leave with a good impression. And so um, I believe that in, to answer your question about what countries are good at it, um, they are the ones that have developed a very clear self-concept of their culture. Uh, for example, I, I admire the Japanese uh, culture, uh, and we think of their tea ceremonies, uh, the Ikebana, it's bonsai, tree, bonsai trees and samurai legends and so on. Uh, storytelling is a big part of conveying the nature of a country. And... Uh, Different countries have their stories. I mean, for example, Scandinavian countries, uh, we think of them as very good people, very sensible, very good negotiators, very unbiased, and and so on and so forth. So I think the, the job is really this, 
for a country to um, figure out what its culture and character is all about and then to do the branding work to uh, transmit that uh, idea to other people. And when you think of, um, of, a, of doing marketing for a nation, uh, one could easily think about some advertising campaigns, you know, be it, uh, you know, I Love New York, which is on a statewide basis, to uh, tourist, uh, t- tourism bureaus that uh, feature their own nations and why you should come, you know, see this particular site. Um, but I suspect that that the marketing of a nation is beyond just the advertising. And I heard you say something about cleaning up one's act and uh, and some self concept. Um, are there other things that a nation can and should do to uh, to market their nation? Well, I would be in favor of the each nation appointing a brand manager. Interesting. Uh, call if that name is n- not the best name. Uh, I will tell you a story that uh, Ireland once had a minister of marketing, could have been called a minister of branding, who handled three things. First, handled um, the problem of attracting tourists. So the tourist operation was under the minister of marketing. The second was foreign investment, bringing companies to come into Ireland as their base of operations. And that was a different kind of marketing job than one directed at tourists. And the third was to market um, Irish goods, like Irish whiskey and Irish lace, around the world. And so whether you call it a minister of marketing or a brand manager, wouldn't it be nice to put someone in the State Department, or uh, should I say actually the Department of Commerce, who is tracking the brand uh, image over time of that nation and even measuring brand equity because you hope the brand equity is improving and going up. So uh, I don't know of any nation that now has a responsibility center for checking on whether they're improving their image or not, but I would make an argument for doing that. Uh, and and I would strongly agree. Is that currently being handled today within the United States, within the uh, the Department of Commerce, or do you think it's not even being handled I don't think directly? I don't think it's being handled. And I'll tell you, one of the problems is no matter how much good, strong brand building you can do, all kinds of things will happen that will upset and even contradict the brand you're trying to build. You know the situation in our own uh, election where the, the two big candidates are very different. They're marketing very different images of the country. Right. One saying it's a great country now, and the other saying it isn't, but let's change it to become a great country. So uh, the job is going to be a very tough one because there won't be much in the way of, of measures and control by the brand manager to stop certain things being said and others being said. So so uh, it's going to be a difficult thing. Maybe that's why countries don't seem to entrust brand management to any one center or department. Well, uh, so much uh, of government is run by non-business people. It's just not the natural thing for them uh, to be thinking about, which I find to be very, very interesting. What I, what I loved about your earlier answer is... Um, it's beyond tourism. It's foreign direct investment and it's foreign trade as well, which are directly affected by 
the image of the nation. And, um, and those are things that may or may not be uh, the, uh, it, what one would appeal to the end consumer. There might be businesses that one's appealing to. And I note in particular the campaign going on in India right now of uh, make in India, not made in India. Mm-hmm. And it really is trying to attract uh, other businesses to come and produce goods in India and probably draw them away from, uh, from China. And mm-hmm. uh, I don't know if you've looked at that campaign at all and if you have any thoughts about it. Um, I wish I knew more about their current campaign, but they now have a very exceptional prime minister um, who is um, supported and, and creative in, in his efforts to compete with other countries. And I, I believe that um, they have a good slogan, but what the tools in, consist of, of course, some advertising. But remember, if they're trying to attract foreign investors, advertising merely opens the uh, sort of a start. It's not much beyond that. Uh, right. it, it, it's a whole host of other marketing activities beyond uh, yeah, advertising, for I, sure. I would be, because any com- company that may consider entering India has so much to consider are the skill sets there. Uh, is the, is, is the uh, safety and the security of the country assured, or is it one subject to a lot of any terrorism or anything? Uh, there's so many considerations that, that it's a negotiation, really, between India and the company to assure that company of, of, a, of a good place uh, there. Um, Phil, I have a, a hypothesis that is that a nation's brand... Um, often is derived from the products that are produced there and are known for for that part of the country or that part of the world. So, for example, and the and the first one I always think about is Germany has a great brand. Uh, it was the number one brand in my study, and I believe a great deal of that is driven by the if I could use the expression driven is is driven by the auto industry. And so, thinking of brands like Mercedes and BMW and Audi. Uh, and Porsche, um, they all affect the brand of the nation. And, um, and so how much do the products that come from a nation affect the, the brand of a nation? Uh, uh, they do very much. It, uh, we have a term in marketing uh, that you know about called uh, country of origin. Sure. Effects. We, we talk about every country has certain, uh, creates uh, certain impressions uh, to the buyers uh, let's take Italy. Uh, Italy uh, normally has a very good name for its products. I mean, you can have someone make a leather jacket in uh, in a uh, in a country that has not much of an image, but it goes to Italy next for them to add something, and then they say "made in Italy." And if they say that, immediately the price doubles and triples. Um, so many countries carry. The image of being very good at a certain class of product. Uh, it could be shoes, it could be a clothing, it could be electronics. We're very good in our image in the United States about technology and um, the whole Silicon Valley thing and uh, the creativity. Uh, so um, it's, um, and, and, and that means that certain nations will be specialized. And it's important for a nation to select its its industries. What
what industries are we capable of developing to such a high level that its products will, will be demanded, or at least sold around the world, and, and have good feedback for the image of our country. So that's the issue, basically. So, so it's, it's interesting. As I hear you talk about that, I start thinking about it's probably somewhat recursive. You use the expression country of origin, and, um, and there are some products that do better because of their country of origin. I'm going to buy this car because it comes from Germany. I'm going to buy this wine because it comes from France or these shoes because they come from Italy. And I use the expression, it is recursive because I think that's the country having an impact on the sales of the product. But I'm thinking about how the sales of a product have an impact on the image of that country. And so it goes sort of in both directions, which I find really interesting. And, you know, it reminds me that uh, when you mentioned the wine industry, uh, we always think of France first, um, and should, in a sense. But many other places have noticed the uh, value of having a wine industry and have worked very hard to get the seeds and develop really good product. And I'm thinking of Australia, uh, New Zealand. I'm also thinking of uh, even New York State was building uh, a wine industry. So uh, can you imagine the, the um, challenge uh, of a country that doesn't have a particular industry but for some reason believes it can develop one that's important for world sales, uh, but it should be very careful to be sure of its competition and whether it can make the first rank before it, it tries to be a, a country of choice for that wine or other product. So I'm, I, uh, this is probably my last question for you, uh, but I'm trying to think about some countries that don't have a good brand. Um, their image is not held in high regard globally. And as there are products that come from those countries, uh, they may not want to advertise. They may not want to make it readily known what their country of origin is. And so that country doesn't have the benefit of riding on the coattails of some of the products that come from, the, from that country. Um, are there any way I'm, – I'm trying to think of how a country gets past that, how a country tries to get buy-in from uh, the best products and companies coming from that country to help elevate the country's image and not just work on their own? Or is that just too difficult of a task to put on the shoulders of, no, they, uh, of any company? Yeah. Um, that makes me think of the uh, clothing industry worldwide uh, when you raise that big question. Uh, we normally cannot think of anything coming from uh, Bangladesh. Uh, we can't uh, be sure of too many, too sure of what's coming from Turkey uh, and some other countries. Um, in the case of Bangladesh, which uh, they end up being one of the world's biggest makers of our, our cotton clothing and, and, and so on, and, and labeled as such. And maybe there's more respect for Bangladesh over time when you see that you're enjoying the sweater that you bought and the label says Bangladesh. And, in fact, that shows how a country gets to be better known through some labeling of its products. Um, but if a, if a country has been without any products of, of renown out, outside of the country, it has to 
do an inventory of its attributes. What are the, some of the positives that could be drawn upon that, and, and actually connect with some possible industries that the country can enter into? So I'm, not, I, I'm trying to say it's not fatal for a country to be without any image abroad uh, in terms of its products or even its, its existence. It's a challenge for that country to take a marketing point of view, which is how can we find some people around the world who will respond to an image that we can transmit of what we're trying to be and do, and how can we get in some industry developed that will materialize that industry uh, to achieve some visibility in, in a world of 200 countries. And so you raise a very good question that the marketing of nations uh, has to address uh, there because we know there's a question of what successful countries should be doing with their marketing and what unknown countries should be doing Absolutely. about marketing themselves. Absolutely. Well, it sounds like marketing in general. Uh, and I think it applies to businesses as well. And I think, uh, as, as you have aptly put it, uh, it can apply to countries just as well. Uh, the the uh, Warden Marketing Conference will greatly benefit by having you there. Looking forward to seeing you there. And, in fact, I'm going to see you sooner than that at the uh, World Marketing Congress in Tokyo. So I'll look forward to seeing yeah. you. Thank you very much for joining me today, uh, Phil. And uh, yeah, I'll, I'll I'm see you happy soon. to join you, Dave, and thanks for this excellent question. Thank you. For more business news and analysis from Knowledge at Wharton, please visit knowledge.wharton.upenn.edu.